Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. But he is now seated at your right hand in heaven. And in his place, we are filled with your Holy Spirit, him who will lead us and guide us to all truth, the one who will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus Christ our Lord has taught. God, it is in that name, that wonderful name, that glorious name, that beautiful name, that powerful name, that only name through which salvation may come, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, and we honor you, and we bless you, and we praise you on this day as we reverence you, our God, our creator, giver of life, sustainer of life. We are grateful that we can enter your presence this morning. We're grateful that we can both speak your word, hear your word, receive your word, accept your word as truth, and live your word out in our lives. But we don't gather here this morning, God, or each morning, uh, in order, Lord God, to just be repositories of your word, but we also want, Lord God, to be the distributors of your word. We want to distribute your word, Lord God, by our words, by our mouth, and by our action. We don't want to just be for show, God, but we want to imitate and emulate our Lord Jesus Christ in this earth. So as your word is coming forth on this morning, God, we have prepared our hearts. We desire your Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts your precious word. Holy Spirit, I am your temple. Speak through me, use me as you see fit. For I am at your will and at your mercy. For I dare not have a will nor a desire other than that the word of God may come forth this morning through our Lord Jesus Christ with spirit in spirit and in truth. It is in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that we pray and give you thanks. I read earlier in your hearing, and I would like to again read in your hearing our first passage of Scripture, which is coming from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. You have your Bibles, your smart tablets, smartphones, whatever you have your Word of God on, the sword of the Spirit on, please turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. 
I do acknowledge that uh, this is a fairly lengthy passage of Scripture, but I ask you to bear with me as we move forward on this morning. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be done to let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you for the reading of your word and for uh, the hearing of your word and now we ask, Holy Spirit, that by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will speak God's word, expound upon God's word, edify us who are here today, that we may walk in the newness of life, that we may bring glory to God our Father, through bringing glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is in that name, the name of Jesus, that we pray, and we submit to you now, Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Yesterday, I met a woman, a woman of Asian descent, and I invited her to the service this morning, but she is unable to attend. However, she did ask if it would be possible or okay for her to visit after the first of the year. During our brief conversation, she informed me that she is Buddhist and proceeded to praise Buddha. There are people who praise Muhammad, Joseph Smith, and many other men. But I wondered to myself that the reason they existed to begin with was because 
Christ. John, the beloved of Jesus, informs us that all things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Then the Apostle Paul, in strikingly similar words, informs us that which John proclaimed, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, for the throne or dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And finally, the author of the epistle of Hebrews, in like manner, informs us that God has appointed his Son, heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and when and upholding all things by the word of his power, and when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down to the right hand of the majesty on high. What we see and understand from these verses is that Jesus and God are one. Jesus said, He who has seen me have seen the Father. Everything, and I do mean everything, man, beasts, plants, oxygen, water, planets, sun, moon, stars, was created by God through Christ. And as God, Christ is the creator. Now, across millennia, God has made known to men the coming of the Savior of the world. In Genesis 3.15, we have the Proto-Evangelion. For the first time, the good news was proclaimed. His coming was necessary because first, because the first man, Adam, infected all humanity with sin and death. And from Adam to Seth, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Judah, and all who descended from the union of Abraham and Sarah, chosen by God, culminated in the birth of Jesus Christ. God, in his conversation with Abraham concerning his descendants, was quite blunt with Abraham when Abraham asked that Ishmael might be his descendants before God. Genesis 17, 19, we hear God emphatic response to Abraham. Then God said, no. Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And this is very interesting because and so that from the inception of time, even up to Isaac onward, we find no prophecy of Buddha. We find no prophecy of Muhammad or any other mere man who has died and will one day be awakened to face judgment before Jesus Christ, the righteous judge, is referred to as Messiah or Savior of all humanity. There's no one else. 
Indeed, we're told that there's given under one name under heaven whereby man must be saved. There is no other name but Jesus. There is no other one who can save, who can deliver, who can set you free, man free, from their sin and bondage and death. Only God can, through Christ, can forgive you of your sins. Only God can cleanse you of the guilt of your past. Only God can free you from your bondage to Satan. Only God. Only God. So there is mentioned in all Scripture, sacred Scripture, one man who would be Savior of all humanity, and that man is Jesus Christ. Right down to his virgin conception, birth, length of birth, and even that he would die. Indeed, Mark 10, 46 says, but even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Mm. Yes. So God chose 40 men, 39 of whom were descendants of Abraham and Sarah's union, and one Gentile, Luke, companion of the Apostle Paul, whose salvation and translation into the kingdom of God came through faith in Jesus Christ. And he alone, God chose these 40 men to write the Old and New Testament that spanned some 1,500 years. Matthew teaches us from Abraham to Jesus took 42 generations. Now, 40, of course, is the number of struggle and trial. Jesus was 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness being tempted by Satan along with he was there among the beasts. And there were angels that ministered unto him. And, of course, two is the number of unions. But when I look at the four and the two, I'm reminded of Genesis, where two and four total six. And six is the number of man, but it is also the number of authority. For God gave authority to man. And then man gave that authority to Satan. And now, 42 generations later, we come right back to that number six. And Jesus Christ, when he rose from the dead, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, said, All power given unto me. In other words, all authority given unto me in heaven and in earth, on earth. So that power, that authority, was regained through a man. But not just any man. The man through whom who was able to recapture the power and the authority that was once given to the first man before he sinned is now in the hand of the man who never sinned. The second Adam, Paul refers to him as Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the one and only one who holds all power and authority in his hand. No other man on earth, none that have come before or after, holds this power, and none that will come even after us will hold the power that Jesus 
holds. God has given unto him all power and authority, both in heaven and on earth. Jesus has the power to command the angels. Jesus has the power to stop the wind from blowing. He has the power to cause seas to calm. Jesus Christ, he alone holds the power. And that is power. Power is not here, but power is not our president. Power is not the, the leaders of these nations of the earth. Power, true power and authority belongs to Jesus Christ. And he alone holds that power in the palm of his hands. And there is none other uh, who can take his place. And there is none great enough to remove the power from his hand. Jesus stands strong and powerful and mighty. With all that power and all that strength that he has, he is the God of compassion. He is the God of love and mercy and grace. He is the God of forgiveness and loving kindness. And we do well to understand that. Through calculations, according to Kurt M. Simmons in his article entitled The Origins of Christmas and the Date of Christ's Birth, published in the Journal of the Evangelical Theological Society, June 2015, Jesus' birth is believed to have occurred around December 25th of the year 2 B.C. And that word B.C. is we call it before Christ. Therefore, we celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th. This is the beginning or origin of Christmas. Like the shepherds in the fields and the Magi who traveled hundreds of miles to worship Christ, the Messiah, we celebrate Jesus' birth at Christmas. Through the millennia, however, people have replaced the reason for the season with commercialization. It's about selling one's wares for profit, to pervert the sacred birth of Christ by making it all about spending money, buying gifts, and to the mutual exclusion of taking time out to give honor to the original reason for the season. And it is no different than the chief priest allowing the holy temple of God to be used by merchants for the selling of their product in order that they might secure for themselves money. There are some things more important than money. If you have God, you have to have Christ. And if you have Christ, then you will have everything you stand in need of. Because it is written in the book of Philippians that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And indeed, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, or thereabouts, let me get there real quick. Jesus says, as he's speaking his sermon, presenting his sermon on the mount, he says, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Give God the glory. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And whatever you stand in need of, you will get it. I guarantee it. God is faithful to watch over his word to perform it. So this morning, I want to speak for just a little while from the title, Two Announcements, The Birth of the Savior. And I will only be able to get to one of these on this morning, and I will conclude this message on Christmas Eve of next Sunday. Our text identifies two announcements of the coming Messiah. Though there be many throughout history, I want to just target these two. The first announcement was to Mary, and the second was to the shepherds in the field. Let's take a look at our first announcement to Mary, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. When we, when we look at this announcement, we want to know the method of the announcement. So Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, God declared through his prophet Isaiah that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel is defined as God with us or God among us. This text speaks of the birth of Christ recorded in our chosen text God sent the angelic messenger, Gabriel, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now that we have the method of the announcement, we want to find out the purpose of the announcement. And to inform Mary, that she is the virgin of Isaiah 7.14, chosen to conceive and give birth to the Son of God. Ah, Gabriel said, Rejoice, highly favored one. For the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. You have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and we will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. God promised David that there will never be a day where there will not be one of his descendants seated on the throne. God, throughout the ages, has kept his word. When I read our text, when I read our text, not only did I observe the method of the announcement and the purpose of the announcement, but I also observed Mary's twofold response to the announcement. The first response was a response of perplexity. She said, how can this be, since I know not a man? Mary wanted clarity, in other words, so she asked a pivotal question. 
she wanted to know the method by which such a feat would occur. And so the angel provided the method. He revealed the method to her. He said, it is clear when we look at what Gabriel's reply to that was that he had been prepared or prepped beforehand on just what he would say in response to Mary's question. And so that's where early preparation, when you know that you have some place to go, you know that you have to prepare. He had to prepare. God prepared Gabriel because God knew that Mary would ask the question, how in the world can this be since I do not know a man? It's a lesson for all of us to prepare for where we are going, for the assignment that is set before us. Don't just get up and say, well, I'll wait it. We have to remember that in order for us to be successful and the assignment that we have, we must prepare ourselves for it. Many don't want to go to school and learn about a trade, but they want a job doing the thing that they love. If you want a job and that job, you must learn, you must learn to submit yourself to the classroom in order to gain knowledge about that thing that you're interested in. Yes, there will be theory that you will learn, but that theory, when coupled with application, will benefit you far more than if you merely get up and go and someone gives you a job and gives you the proper training and you fail miserably. Gabriel prepared for his assignment Gabriel announced the method for her conception in doing, and in doing so, he introduces her to the third person of the Holy Trinity. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, he said, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. The word, the phrase to come upon you speaks of Jesus' miraculous conception. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. That phrase is summed up with the declaration for with God, nothing will be impossible. God watches over everything that he says he will do and to perform it. And God will never fail to perform that which he has for purpose and proclaimed that he will do. It's important for us to understand that in order for us to really know God, we must know Christ. And we must come to Christ by faith. And then we must trust in the Lord. No matter how things might appear on the outside, we must trust God in everything and in all things that he says. For God's word is his will, and his will is his way, and there are no other ways to come to God except through Christ. God said, so the power of the highest will overshadow you. As I said, it's summed up with a declaration for with God, nothing will be impossible. And not only did Mary's twofold response include perplexity, but her response upon the satisfaction satisfied with the angelic explanation amounted to consent. But we're told that Mary submitted to the will of God. In these words, then Mary said, Behold, 
the main servant, the doer of the Lord. May it be to thee according to your word. Faith, my brothers and sisters, that tells us that faith is not always blind, but faith comes with explanation, with understanding. And with understanding comes, should come action. And Mary's action was that she heard from the angel of God. How did she know he was from the from God? Because he stood before her and he sent her and he called to her and he identified her by name. She had never met him before. See, God knows your name. God knows where you live. God knows what you think. He knows where you go. God knows what you stand in need of. And God knows when you're doing that which pleases him because Mary found favor with God. And and that's a blessing. Mary said, Behold the faith servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Next we see that once Mary had been announced the virgin to conceive the seed of God and to bring forth the Son of God, after she submitted, consented by faith, then she got up and she took a visit to Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth was six months pregnant. Elizabeth was an old of old age beyond childbearing years. Years both she and her husband Zacharias. But Gabriel, prior to visiting Mary, visited uh, Zacharias while he was serving in the temple, burning incense. The Bible tells us that a Gabriel appeared on the right hand side of the altar of incense. And if you understand Old Testament history, the temple, when you walk through the outer court, walk into the outer court, the holy place, to your right, on that that west wall is the lamp. We call the menorah, the candelabra. And on your right hand is the table of showbread. And directly in front of you and in front of the holiest, the, the veil that shields the holiest of holies is the altar of incense. Zacharias enters in to the outer, from the outer court, he enters into the holy place. And he goes in to burn incense on the altar. And while he's in there performing his duties as priest, ah, uh, uh, don't miss this. The angel Gabriel showed up, and he said to Zacharias, "Do not be afraid. He said your prayers have been heard." And Zacharias. A little nervous. And he said, and when he when he opened his mouth, it was as if he did not believe. 
But God hears our prayers. And God wants to hear from us daily. And there is never an inconvenient time for us to break. There's never an inconvenient time for us to go before God. Never. With people, that's not the case. Not even with your own spouse, it's not the case. You can't always go because sometimes it's an inconvenience. But when it comes to God, He's always available. No time is inconvenient for Him. He just comes at any time. And I'm there for you. My ear is inclined to hear your voice. I want to hear from you. I love to hear your voice. Not always the case in the earth. Daniel said, do not fear, be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Zacharias must have prayed for a child. He must have prayed for a son, one that he most desperately desired, because he and his wife, that's the one thing that he and his wife were never able to do, and that was to bring a child into the world. God had plans for Zacharias, and, and so he called and he said, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. Why? Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. Unless we think that that was the only time. Go back to Genesis chapter 17. God changed the name of Abraham, Abraham to Abraham, making him a father of many nations, and he at the same time changed the wife's name to Sarah, making her a mother of many nations, and out of her and her alone was a promised seed to come. There's only one seed. That was Isaac. And out of Isaac, other generations would come. Now, Miss Sarah was 90 years old, 89 when she conceived. She was 90 when she gave birth to Isaac. Abraham was 99 when Miss Sarah conceived that. He was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Nothing shall be impossible for God. Absolutely nothing. God is able to do what seems and it really is impossible for men. So she visited Elizabeth, now six months pregnant. And when Elizabeth and when Mary walked in, I noticed the response when Mary greeted Elizabeth. The first response was, the baby leaping in her womb. And when Mary's voice was heard, John the Baptist responded with great joy that his Lord, not yet born, but yet conceived in his mother's womb, was in his presence. By the baby's response, Mary was given her first glimpse 
into the reality of who she was carrying. Sometimes it's not just enough to hear from the angel of God. Sometimes God has to show us through other people the reality of the things that he has spoken, that he has done. The calling of your life, God will will multiply the confirmation through others, different times, different places, different people. And the lady's response let her know that the reality of that she was carrying the Son of God. Indeed, Elizabeth for in, said, and for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ear, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. The Council of Ephesus declared Mary to be Theotokos, and that simply means the mother of God, but I understand what, what, what the Council of Ephesus was trying to do, but they are off. Because God was not born. We have no beginning and no end for God. But we are told that Jesus was born, meaning that he was fully man. Although he was fully God, he was also fully man. And what that simply means is this, that God condescended in human flesh and became fully human. Because God cannot die. There are no end of days for God. He is from everlasting to everlasting God. So though they use the word theosophos to describe Mary as the mother of God, what they really should have said is that she was Christosophos, which means the mother of Christ. In his human person, in God and his humanity, Emmanuel, God and mother. Jesus, the Savior of his, of his people, of the world. Lest we forget. And so the second response that I saw from the greeting of Mary was that Elizabeth was moved by the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't miss this. See, when, when you're walking with God, if Christ is in you, oh, glory to God. And when you're walking, not only do you have Christ, but you have the power of the Spirit of God in you. When you're walking, people recognize that. And they see that you're different than someone else. Elizabeth's response served to confirm yet again the deity of Christ. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth and proclaimed three blessings who proclaim three blessings and announce the second confirmation of the deity of her seed. The first blessing, she said, was, blessed blessed are you among women. She identified Mary. She's saying that Mary, out of all the people, all the Jewish women on the earth, God chose her and, and set her apart for the assignment of giving birth. To his only son, only begotten son, Jesus Christ. She is blessed. That shows the favor of God upon her life. But listen, Mary was a personal woman. She observed to keep the law, but she was not perfect. Because if she were perfect, then she would not have to offer sacrifices 
to God for the sins that she committed. And every human being from Adam forward, with the exception of Christ, were sinners. So there was no immaculate birth with Mary. And if you think that Mary was birthed immaculately, then that means all of us were immaculately birthed because only by the power and the will of God can life come into the earth. Because God is the creator of life. He's the giver of life. Second blessing May Elizabeth gave to Mary. She said, blessed is the fruit of your womb, meaning Jesus Christ. Elizabeth, like most of us who have received salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, wanted to know what was she given that rare, why was she given that rare opportunity of having the mother and the the Lord of salvation both present in her home? What a blessing. Listen, when Jesus shows up in your house, when Jesus shows up in your life, that is a blessing. That is a blessing that you you, you dare not want to miss and you don't want to dismiss. And the third blessing is she who believes that for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Not only did Elizabeth blessed Mary because she had faith enough to believe the message of God when it came. She didn't dismiss it, but she said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, be it according to me. Be it unto me according to your word. She submitted this very blessing for two key concerns, two keys, rather, concerning one's response to the Lord. But before I do that, I also want to mention that not only was there a blessing, a third blessing to Mary because she had faith in the message that came by the servant of God, but Mary, Elizabeth prophesied. And understand that this prophecy did not come out of Elizabeth's mouth, but it came through Elizabeth's mouth by the work of the Holy Spirit that entered into her. Glory to God. And she said, for there will be, not might be, not could be, but she said there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Oh, glory to God. How befitting that a woman from the household of Aaron, the high priest once of Israel, would be the one to speak these words, prophesying that the words of God will be fulfilled. That's an absolute confirmation. She was adamant. She was not indecisive, but she was deliberately truthful in that statement. And so there are two keys concerning one's response to the Lord because the first one is faith. Although Elizabeth was present with Mary at the announcement of Gabriel, she filled, she filled with the Holy Spirit, commended her on her faith in submitting to the will of God. What does that tell you and I? That if we have faith in God, if we believe the word of God, if we trust God, we will submit by faith to Christ. We give our life to Christ. 
and Christ will enter into our hearts where he will sit on that, the throne room of our heart and he will rule our lives from that point forward under the anointing of his spirit that is the Holy Spirit. And then the second key that I, I picked up on this from this passage of Scripture is obedience to God brings about the fulfillment of God's promises. Faith marked by obedience yields the very thing God has promised to you and I. It doesn't matter how long it takes, God will fulfill his promise. How do we know this? God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he was the prince to repent. It is beneath God's dignity to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. God is ultimate truth. All truth emanates from God. And therefore, God, the God of all truth, cannot lie. He only speaks the truth. As such, he watches over his word to you and I to perform it. Then in verses 46 through 55, we come on the second, we come upon that second uh, aspect of the greeting of Mary and Elizabeth. Not only did the Holy Spirit rest and rule inside of Elizabeth to speak those blessings and to prophesy uh, to Mary, but then Mary herself moved by the Spirit, and then Mary proclaimed this hymn. And this hymn in the Latin is the Latin word for magnify. We call it the Magnificat. And the Magnificat is simply, if you look at that Luke chapter 1, and we look at what Mary said, in verse 46, she says, and Mary said, and my soul magnifies the Lord. Glory to God. She said, my soul, megaludo, uh, my God, or magnify my God. It is a verb, it's a Greek word, megaludo, and it is a verb, present, present active indicative, Third person singular. And what that simply is is that here Mary is saying that she holds God in greater esteem than herself and all mankind or anything else. This is not just for the moment. Because it's active, it is, it is, it is active, it's present, it is active, it's ongoing. Mary is not saying just for the moment. But she has seen God continually without ceasing. That the way she lived, the way she conducts herself, we can learn from that. We magnify God in our walk daily, and how we interact among other people, how we talk about Him, how we live out His word in our lives. We magnify God. We we make a Ludo God. We magnify Him. This magnifying of God is from her suitcase or her soul, her very soul. And the soul refers to the very core of her or center of her being or her person. Her love and reverence of God is not superficial, but she esteems him above every and all things. She declares that her very spirit has rejoiced in God, her Savior, 
and have the joy of the word and loud and leal and have the sense of expressing the feeling of extreme happiness or joy. Mary's extreme feeling of happiness spans beyond her own experiences with God. She's, she's thinking about what God has done as far back as the promises made to Abraham to the future generations who will be blessed by their demonstration of faith like that of Abraham in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to I continue, but I want to stop here because next week I want to finish this message. I want to talk about that second announcement concerning the birth of our Savior. I don't want you to miss this. Christmas, my brothers and sisters, is not about the stuff that you can accumulate by way of people giving you stuff. That is not why we uh, that is not why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because of the birth of Jesus Christ. It is not about buying fancy stuff. We on you turn on the television and all you see are cards with ribbons on them. And this, that is the gift. That is the reason for the season. We don't even want to hear the word Christmas anymore. All we want to hear is Xmas. And we want to hear, hear happy holidays. Anything but to declare Christmas, Christmas because the name Christ is not, it is, it is not something anyone wants to hear. You can talk about anybody else. You can talk about any other religion. But if you walk in and you talk about Jesus Christ, nobody wants to hear that. Everybody shuts up. Everybody walks away from you. But I'm here to tell you, if God is for you, he's more than the world against you. There is none who can stand before Christ. That's why Jerusalem is in an uproar right now. They don't want Jerusalem to be named the capital of Israel because they believe that, because they believe they have the right God, but they do not. If they deny Jesus, they deny God. They deny God, and the God that they serve is not the God of all creation. Because the God of creation is Christ. And so hell is breaking loose in the Middle East because we have recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. If you check the scripture, if you go back, you will find that God gave Jerusalem to Israel. And, and they claim that they're Abraham's seed, and that's okay, because they have Ishmael. They have the six sons of Keturah that Abraham birthed, that Abraham fathered through Keturah. But the fact of the matter is, God said that, that no one would share Abraham's Salvation on this, or salvation will come through nobody but the seed of Isaac. So, that means Ishmael is out. That means that the children, six sons, are out. That means that only the descendants of Isaac are in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. And our, and our Lord hailed from the tribe of Judah, the line of Judah. So, 
Christmas is about celebrating Jesus Christ. It's about worshiping him and honoring him. It is about doing so with family and with other brothers and sisters in Christ. People were to understand that. They would not go out spending a whole bunch of money, and family members would not expect them to go out and spend a whole bunch of money getting in debt to bring to give you a gift that one day you'll be tired of and you'll just push aside and one won't have anything else to do with it. Or become obsolete and no longer functional functional and so you don't have anything. And so what do you have? You put money in the pockets of people from the wares that they sell you. But we don't give any time to Christ. The devil is alive. Christmas. Christ. Christmas. Christ. Christ means the anointed one. That is, he is filled with the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ came into the world. We say that he was born somewhere around uh, B.C. 2. And it is at that age of 30, just before he turned 30, he was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And he came out. And he spent 40 days in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights. And when he came out, he was ready to do ministry. Because only after you hit 30 years old are you said to be able to preach God's word. And when Jesus hit age 30, he came out of the wilderness, wilderness and he began to proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus began to preach and he began to teach. And so in so about 33 and a half years, at the age of 33 and a half, somewhere around A.D. 33, Jesus was crucified on the cross. The third day, he woke up from the grave Sunday morning, alive. So we worship him. We give him honor and glory. We praise him. We praise God for him. After hearing his word, there may be one, and you're without the Lord Jesus Christ. God is ready right now to turn your situation around. To the man, to the woman, to the girl, boy or girl. The question is, God is ready to call you right now. Can you honestly say that you're ready to go and be with him? If not, if I were you, I'd make that decision today. Secondly, because the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you to become a part of Jesus Christ Ministries Global. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to work. This is the place I want to call home on my way to my heavenly home. We welcome you. Thirdly, if you are backslide, you want that joy restored in your life. I'm here to tell you there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He will do it, and he will do it now. Fourthly, if you are seeking the fullness, the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The Bible says the day that you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Fifthly, if you're away from your church home, you need someone 
to watch over your soul, to minister to you, to teach you the word of God, to cover you in prayer. And then when you have completed your assignment here, and if it's the Lord's will, you return home to your home church and assist your senior pastor in fulfilling the vision that God has called him or her to. And then finally, if you are in need of prayer, come to the altar, whoever you are. We'll be happy to pray with you, pray for you. Because I believe that God is an answer of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word that has come forth on this morning. They ask, O oh God, that you would sanctify in the hearts of your people and that they will walk in the newness of life and be an understanding the power that you've given them through Jesus Christ. But thank you, God, that you made the announcement to Mary following up on your announcement to Abraham, died into Jacob, and through your prophets throughout the ages. Even the prophet Isaiah in that seventh chapter, 14th verse, when he was speaking to Ahaz because Ahaz was under a lot of pressure, God, and uh, from, from Israel, which is Samaria, and from his, from his uh, neighbors, uh, they wanted to conquer and, and take over Israel and install their own puppet king. But you told Ahab, you told Isaiah to say to Ahab that it will not happen and that if he asked for a sign, God said he'd give him a sign that behold, a virgin shall conceive and give birth and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God among us. And we might say, well, if that's the case, then with Mary the virgin, it's not unheard of for God to use two virgins. It's not unheard of for God to use the virgin to do this and to do that. And so God can do that. And we believe that because Israel was saved, Judah was saved, because they had the king of Judah, uh, that, and then of course, Judah is praised, and then our Lord Jesus came through the tribe of Judah for a few generations, given praise, and then married the virgin. She is the one chosen by God in birth to our Savior. God, you've blessed us. You've blessed all humanity by your work. We as Jesus Christ Ministries Global give honor and praise to you. We exalt your name and magnify you. And we extol you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your hope. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.